0: Reading from 1 Corinthians 12. No one speaking by the Spirit of God ever says, Let Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in every one. To each is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. And to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. And all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And we were all made to drink of the one Spirit. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One time when I was playing high school basketball and made the game-winning shot... Sounds a little bit braggy, doesn't it? <laughs> Let me start over. The one time I made a game winning shot <laughs> when I was playing church basketball <laughs> was in high school. As I remember it, our team got the rebound, made their way down the court, found me on the right hand wing, and I made a bang shot just as the clock was expiring. Everyone cheered. I got lots of high fives. They did not carry me off the court on their shoulders, but I'm sure they meant to. (laughs) If they had, I would have owed them a ride on my shoulders, too. My last second shot would not have mattered too much if we had been down by 20 points when I made it. If we had not all contributed throughout the game, what good would my basket have been? Victory belonged to everyone wearing green. Our team wore green. Everyone, regardless of height, position, skill, or effort, all wore green. At the end of the game, we all had the same score. At the end of the season, we all had the same record. That's what it means to be part of a team. If you're motivated by individual statistics, play an individual sport. If you're on a team, realize you're on a team. The church is a team. Peter may have given the first recorded sermon after Pentecost, but Stephen was quickly brought into service. Paul became a great evangelist for the ministry that Barnabas helped to fund. Lydia showed the apostles' hospitality while James wrote letters reminding Jesus' followers to love, which, he noted, is marked by what you say and how you say it. Countless others were drawn to Jesus in ways that did not get them named in the Bible, but that kept the movement moving. It's because of followers we've never heard of that we've heard the gospel. You won't get your name in the Bible. And probably won't receive the award for most valuable Christian. But you are part of a team that is called to keep the movement moving. Our administrative staff was in Tennessee this week for an ACS conference. We relied on volunteers to keep the office opened. I went to thank the two who had given the most time in order to do that, those who sat at the front desk. They thanked me in return for having the opportunity. One talked about how grateful she is to be part of a church that has this many ministries going on. Things you don't know about until you sit in the central command center and take all those calls. She said what I'm glad to hear every time I hear it. I love being part of a church family like this. If you're only here on Sunday mornings, you get a pretty good idea of what we have in terms of worship. You hopefully know something about Sunday school. And you might have read articles about the various missions and studies going on but you've only experienced a small portion of the ministry of your church or the many persons who make it happen. Some of those get mentioned. Many do not. Some get thanked. None sufficiently. But they do it because they are led by the Holy Spirit. The ongoing active ministry of the church is the ongoing activity of Pentecost. Pentecost was not an event back then. It is an ongoing event of which we are part now. Pentecost is much more than the time that the apostles spoke in languages that they did not know. That's the original story. The Acts 2 story. If that's all it was, then that would be an interesting moment in history. The Christian faith is not just interesting moments in history. Our faith is alive and happening. The Spirit continues to work among us. The Spirit chooses to remain with us. And whether you're gifted to speak in tongues or interpret those tongues... Or have faith so as to move mountains or can heal is less important than why you have those gifts and what we together do with them. Some are better pitchers, some are better batters, some are better fielders, but you'd better have some of each if you're going to actually try to win the game. Around here, some preach. Some teach, some greet, some sing, some play. Some answer the phones, some label bulletins, arrange feeding Florence events and Briggs cleanup days. Some communicate about those, and some show up to give of their time, and some give funds to make them happen. Some represent the annual conference to you and you to the annual conference. Some go to a parking lot every. Saturday morning to make sure that people have the necessities they need to live. Some make decisions about how to repair a roof, and others make decisions about how to fund that repair. Some visit. Some set out dinners, and others collect the money. Some decorate. Some fill chalices, and some clean up bread. Some I could go on and on, of course. I could fill a whole sermon with some of the things we do, and I still wouldn't get all of those things in there. And whatever it is that's your passion for ministry, it would come too late in the list for what it really deserves to be. Of course, the thing that we're most passionate about is the thing that we think is the most significant about our ministry. The rest just can feel like nice add-ons. Isn't a lot of what we do nice to do, but not really the result of the Holy Spirit among us? Well, how would we know? There's no final score to point to. No season record to post. On this team, we have to look for other indicators. It's certainly the case that no church does everything entirely according to the Spirit's direction. We pray because we need the Spirit's guidance. We discuss because we're sure that no one person has all the answers regarding to what what the Spirit would have us do. We ask forgiveness because there are some things the Spirit would have us do that we're not ready or not willing to do. We're imperfect people who miss jump shots, who are considered world class if we hit three out of ten pitches and who would hope to be faithful at least half the time. So I don't think the test for if the Spirit is among us is whether or not we're perfect. The test is what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians. Working against the idea that some gifts of the Spirit, namely speaking and interpreting tongues, are more important than others, Paul asserted that each gift is important. He said the seemingly less important ones, the thankless, offstage, quiet ones, are actually much more important than they ever get credit for. And those that get tremendous credit are worthless, if not operating out of love. If you have the gifts of tongues, he said, and do not have love, you are noisy gongs. If you have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and have all faith so as to remove mountains but do not have love, you are nothing. The idea that you're more important or more faithful or more Christian because your gifts impress others is wrong. Each gift matters. We need each other's gifts to be made complete. We need a variety of gifts to be made complete. When the Spirit chooses to give spiritual gifts, it is never for our personal gain, but for the sake of the team, the church. The gifts are for two purposes. So we can say that Jesus is Lord and then live that for the common good. That's the test. How do you know that the Spirit is at work among us? It's when our words and deeds reflect Jesus. And our actions benefit the community. It's when we as a team live in ways that witness to our faith. Paul was tired. Tired. Of the divisions in Corinth. Divisions that were impeding their ministry. Their ranking others based on spiritual gifts and wealth and what sides of the debates the people were on. meant the good that could have been happening. The professing of Jesus that should have been happening. The growth of the movement. The very things the Spirit would choose for them were being hampered. He wanted no more of that. If it mattered more to the Corinthians that their opinion win the day than that their love be made known, then the church could not be what the Spirit intended it to be. If it mattered more to individuals that their particular gifts get them acclaim rather than Christ acclaim, then the church could not be what the Spirit intended it to be if one could only see the good in what he contributed and not in the contributions of others, the church would suffer. If, however, the followers of Jesus could realize that whatever gifts they had were from the Spirit, not because of their individual greatness. That the gifts were for the common good, not their personal benefit. And though what mattered more than anything was honoring Christ together, then the Spirit could do amazing things with them. The kind of things that only happen when we operate as the Spirit chooses. When we function as a team. Church. The kind of things that leave you saying, I love being part of a church family like this.